Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Hey, of all the topics that I am asked about related to this podcast and the things that I do, the number one question that I get is how do I read? How do I digest information? How do I get the information that I need? I think a lot of people live in stressed out lives. I think a lot of people would like to read more, both for pleasure and for information. And it's not a skill that's been emphasized. It's not a skill that's been stressed. And so the question becomes, how do I read? And so people have been asking me that a lot. I think maybe readings on people's minds because it's summertime and I am happy to answer that. So that's what I'm going to talk about in this podcast is how do I read? I'm going to give you a whole bunch of ideas and they're not going to be in any particular order of priority. You just take what you need and you go with it. I want to say, first of all, that I think reading is absolutely an antidote to the social media world in which we live. We know very clearly now that social media, it's brief little snippets of information and the way that we are, are you know, orient to it is shortening our attention spans and it's rewiring our brains. An antidote to that is that you actually read, that you read long form, as the English professors say, that you read stuff, that you read books, that you read long articles, that you get out beyond just the snippets of information we get on Twitter and Facebook, but that you actually dive in. And I think too, it's one of the great rewards of life. I love reading books. I love investing in an adventure. I love learning somebody's life. I think it's important. So one of the most important things that I want you to know is that we can prove the benefits of reading a thousand different ways. We can prove it helps provide an antidote to the social media world. We can prove it actually increases your IQ. We can prove it increases your understanding of the world. We can prove that the more people read, the more they can lead, the more they make uh, financially, um, that, that, that wealthy people, that leaders are readers. I mean, there are just so many benefits. And I'm sorry that this is not taught more in the schools like it should be, not to criticize our teachers who do a great job, but I want to urge you to develop a habit of reading. Well, so how do I do it? Well, again, and not in, in necessarily any given order, uh, number one, uh, they've proven the benefit, and I certainly practice this, of keeping lists of things I want to read. The benefit of writing something down, the benefit of having a almost a to-do list of reading is really, really important. So... I read uh, magazines that are reviews of books. I ask friends what they're reading all the time. I'm constantly asking my children what they read. And I keep on my uh, iOS devices, uh, I keep a long list of books that I want to read. Sometimes it's actually magazine articles. And, you know, Mark Twain said that if he never needed to to know anything, his friends would tell him. He was talking about the news. But I find the same thing to be true when it comes to books. So I'm constantly asking people, what, what they read, what's meant a lot to them. If a conversation lags and we're all sitting at the end of dinner, I'll say, hey, real quick, everybody tell me the one book that's impacted your life more than any other. I just ask those kinds of questions because I really do want to know. And then I write that stuff down. I make sure I get that down. So between reviews, books that are popular, I think I might like, books that my friends recommend, uh, I write those things down. Now, number two, uh, my world is very literary. I'm an author. I have to review a lot of things. 
things. I have to read a lot of material. I have to be ready for interviews on Fox and CNN. I, I, I need to I need to just digest a lot of material. So I my the number of books I read a year is not that impressive because I'm doing so much reading otherwise. Nevertheless, I set a goal, and I suggest you set a goal too, of reading 20 four at, at, at a minimum. Now, this to me is a minimum. I try to read 24 books a year. Now, if that's too much for you, make it 12. If it's, if it's too little for you, increase it. That's approximately a book every two weeks. And for me, given all the other reading I have to do, and given the fact that I do have travel time, that's my best reading time, really. Um, I just uh, find that two book, I'm sorry, a book every two weeks, two books a month is about what I can do. So I make it a goal to read 24 books. Now, that's, that is, that is, uh, those are books completely apart from what I'm doing as a living, completely apart apart from my research, my writing, uh, the, what I've got to digest, what I've got to review for other people, etc. Uh, I try to read 24 books. You choose a number, but set that number, tell somebody about it, get somebody to hold you accountable and read that much. Okay. Number three, I, it's so easy today to always have a book with you. So I use the Kindle app a great deal and I buy my books through Amazon, which is Kindle. And therefore I always have a book with me and I always have it ready to go. It used to be before cell phones. Yeah, I'm actually that old. Uh, it used to be before cell phones that I had learned from my, one of my mentors to always have a book in my hand. And whenever I went, if I met you for lunch, I would have a book in my hand and, and, uh, I might take it with me and might not actually get a chance to read it on that particular outing from my house or my office. But if you were late 10 minutes, I got 10 minutes of reading in. If I showed up in the parking lot, uh, you know, 10 minutes early, I got 10 minutes of reading in. If somebody canceled on me, uh, I got I got some reading in. And by the way, it deepened my experience of reading because people would always ask me what I was carrying, what was I reading, what was that book about. So it actually improved my experience. Now with cell phones, I always have my cell phone with me. If I'm traveling, I always have my iPad with me. And so any time that. Uh, that same situation occurs where I've got extra time, you're late for lunch, the person I'm supposed to meet cancels, whatever, that becomes reading time. I don't go primarily to Twitter and Facebook. I go primarily to my book. And that's a discipline you have to establish. But the third principle basically is always have books with you in whatever form, have books with you. And with your cell phone, it's incredibly easy because again, you can have iBooks or the Kindle, the Amazon Kindle available on every device that you have. I use Mac devices, so it's even easier. Okay. Uh, the other thing is number four, find the literature you want to read. Okay. You, you do not have to go on the New York Times bestseller list and just read the top leadership books or the top novels. Find what you read. I, for example, read very little fiction. There's only one author I've ever read um, everything that they read, and it happened to be a fiction writer uh, named Pat Conroy. I've read everything Pat Conroy ever read, and now I'm even reading books about him since he passed away. But other than him, I don't read much fiction. I'll read the occasional trenchant novel. Uh, I do read all of Brad Thor, but I uh, that's 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 because he teaches me so much about technology and modern geopolitics. Um, but for the most part, I don't read much fiction. I don't read much poetry. And I also, by the way, even though I'm a leadership consultant, I don't read many leadership books. Uh, I mainly read history. Uh, I mainly read biography, contemporary biography and historical biography. But you've got to find what you need to read and what you uh, want to read. The bottom line is, if you don't develop an interest in an area of literature, you just won't read. It's just true. You just won't do it. So, 
Find what interests you. Find what fascinates you. And if you have to read other stuff that's less interesting, uh, use the stuff you want to read as a reward for reading the stuff you have to read. That, that's how it goes. Okay, next principle. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, very important that you begin to carve out time for reading. And so look at your life and start figuring out how you can do it. I am absolutely not a morning person. Uh, I'm a nighttime person. I do most of my reading at night. I do most of my reading on airplanes. Uh, occasionally I do a little reading with, with my wife. I'll tell you about that. But uh, you've got to look at your life and start creating time for reading. For example, um, my wife and I have a little bit of a humorous thing. She tends to go to bed a little on the early side. I tend to stay up another hour or two. So most of the reading that I do happens in bed at night after my wife is asleep next to me. And then I might read another hour or two. That just works for me. It doesn't for most people. Reading in bed for them is a fast track to falling asleep. But that's not me. Uh, then I also read a great deal when I'm on airplanes. Like I'm sitting here talking to you the summer of 2018. I'm going to be flying to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to be flying to Australia, New Zealand uh, this year. I've got flights all around the country. Um, you know, that, that right there that I've just mentioned is 50, 60 hours on airplanes. So uh, that's a number of books. That's a bunch of books. And so I don't watch movies. I, I'll sleep on the longer flights, but mainly I read while I eat or, or do whatever else is going on on the airplane. So find the time that works for you. Find what works for you. And then my wife and I are both readers. So we'll say to each other, hey, why don't we read before, you know, Endeavor comes on PBS at nine o'clock, <laughs> you know? So we'll finish dinner on a Sunday night and clean up. And then we'll say, well, let's, why don't we read for a while? And we'll read for a while. And before its favorite TV show comes on at nine, I, I've lived East Coast most of my time. So, you know, our one of our favorite TV shows on PBS Endeavor uh, comes on at nine o'clock. And so we'll, we'll get an hour and a half reading and we'll just kind of lay around with our feet in each other's laps and, you know, maybe a glass of wine or soft drink or something, coffee, and we'll read for an hour and a half. That's that's how we build it into our lives. Now, we don't have kids at home. We are empty nesters. Uh, so. Uh, I realize that's different from the life a lot of you are living. Uh, you might consider, if you have kids in the home and your house is all hustle and bustle, uh, you might consider trading off nights of reading. Hey, how about you go, honey, um, into the back and do a little reading and maybe take a bath and relax. I'll take care of the kids. And maybe tomorrow night, you know, or, the, or two nights from now, um, I can do the same thing. You know, go, go back and sit in my chair back in the bedroom while, while you take care of the kids. And, and, and then, you know, we'll, we'll meet in bed and, and maybe read some more or whatever. Um, you got to, you got to negotiate these things. You got to help each other out, but, but make reading a priority. Plus, uh, I read a lot on exercise bikes. Uh, I read a lot, uh, uh, when I'm sitting at meals, I will actually schedule meals where I am sitting alone and reading. I try not to schedule all of my meals as business meetings. So you'll find it, you'll negotiate it. And by the way, one of the best things you can do if you're a young parent is to teach your kids that reading is important. So you have family reading time and nobody can speak for a while. If you have a question, you quietly come. You know, we, we used to even set a timer. Timer would go off. Now you can ask a question. Now you can tell us about what you're reading. Now you can tell us about what Janie is doing in the story you're reading. But we would read together as a family. You would be wise to teach your kids the value of reading, model it for them, but also that increases the time that you can can read uh, if you have got young kids. All of that's important. You know those practical approaches, but it's extremely important. Now, a couple of things I want to mention, a whole bunch of things more, but I'll do it quickly. One is if something's worth reading, it's worth marking so that you remember what's read. 
And if you see an actual physical book that I use, you'll see that I underline, I mark, there are X's, there are underlines, there are checks, there are question marks. Sometimes there are angry answers. This guy doesn't know what the blank he's talking about. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. I interact with the book. I also write down important things with page numbers next to, the, next to them in the blank pages, preferably at the beginning, but also at the end. I prefer to do it at the beginning. I, I'm a big believer in that. One of the reasons I like uh, eBooks is that when I use Kindle, I can mark that book and I can come back much, much later, uh, download that book because, of course, once I finished it, I, I, I take it off the device. But I can download that book and I can look at all of what I marked. Look, at, I can make comments. I can color code certain themes. I can do all kinds of things. I can even print out those notes if I want to for some teaching I'm going to do. So I love reading physical books, but I really love reading um, the eBooks because of the marking that I can do um, and, and the noting and the, and the commenting and the interacting and, and the way that it helps me long term. So mark your books if you're going to use them. Okay. Uh, another thing I want to strongly, strongly urge and that is that you read widely. Uh, most of you don't know what you really like to read because you've never read beyond what you're used to reading. If you like adventure stories and, and you like science fiction, great. But read something else. Read a cool biography. And, and read something that bridges for you. Like if you're a real techie, and you really like science fiction, well, read a Steve Jobs biography um, or, 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 or read, read a Bill Gates biography. In other words, bridge a little bit. Just move a little bit outside of your, your normal reading, which is about tech stuff, and, and move into a historical biography that's about somebody who developed technology. Um, get hooked on other kinds of technology, other kinds of literature is what I'm trying to say. I think that's very, very important. Um, I read extremely broadly. My friends actually get nervous about me. Um, I will read a motivational book. I will read a great big historical tome. Uh, I, I will read an argument um, uh, in favor of uh, LGBT rights. I will read African-American literature. I read ISIS literature. I read extreme ISIS stuff and, and Quranic uh, interpretation. I read very broadly. I like to read a lot. I like to know a lot. I like to be conversant with a lot of different kinds of people. And every so often you'll see me reading, you know, a book about a golfer. Um, or a book about about NASCAR. Those are not things I care a lot about in my daily life, but sometimes there are lessons to be learned. Sometimes I just want to be conversant with that culture. Uh, I'm intrigued by cultures. I'm intrigued by the culture that's grown up around NASCAR, for example. Um, so I'll, I'll read about things like that. So I read very, very broadly. And one of the things I want to urge you to do is that rather than just dive in and buy a $35 hardback, you can go on Amazon and iBooks and you can download just samples. This will be the first 10 pages of a book, for example. You can see if you like the author's style. You can read it. If you don't, you haven't spent a dime. And literally, you can download a sample that costs you nothing and then just get rid of it if you don't want it. So that, that can make you more adventurous. Don't be spending heavy money on this stuff now. Um, you can, I strongly recommend used bookstores. I strongly recommend the free books on uh, Amazon and other places, uh, especially if you're reading classics. Strongly recommend that. Okay. Uh, a few other things. A few other things. Um, I really do recommend that you have somebody... Uh, that you read with occasionally. Uh, I will frequently turn to a male friend and say, why don't we read this at the same time? We're both probably going to read it. Why don't we both read it at the same time? And then we'll schedule a burger and we'll, and we'll talk it through. Reading with other people, interacting, shows you different approaches to literature, opens your mind, helps you to get broad. 
Okay. Uh, I really recommend reading with other people, reading with your spouse, certain kinds of literature, read with other guys, certain kinds of literature, read with women, certain kinds of literature. Um, I, I, you be in a book group if you want. They tend to drive me crazy. I tend to read faster than they do. And I tend to not be that interested in some kinds of discussions. But if that helps you, if that's what you enjoy, do it. I'm sorry. I'm just a little bit of a curmudgeon. I'm not quite that social. Okay. Uh, finally, uh, here, here's, here's something I, I, I really want to say to you. And, and that is note about your reading that reading is an extension of your soul. If, if you're unable to settle down enough to read, there's something wrong in your soul. There's a, there's a storm going on in your soul. If, if, if you are unable to read certain kinds of literature, like if, if you're unable to read sad things because they just make you want to weep, well, something's going on inside of you. So it's not just important that you have a reading life. It's not just important that you have a list. It's not just important that you read with others and that you mark your reading. You do all these things that I've recommended. It's also important that you look at what's happening with you. Uh, my mother died some years ago. And I made the mistake of reading one of my favorite Pat Conroy novel, novels. And I just kept putting it down, even though he was my favorite novelist. And suddenly I realized that what I was doing was I was feeling like I wanted to weep. And, and I was putting the book down because I was mad that I wanted to weep and I didn't want to be unmanly and, you know, weep. And so I stopped reading it. Well, again, the literature was a reflection of my soul. Um, there are times that I'm having a very contentious, very, I'm, I'm in a, I work in politics, or sometimes I'm in a great battle. And, and so reading books about guys who are in battle just kind of wears me out. I can feel the weariness coming over me while I'm reading. And uh, what, I, what I need to do is realize that, that reading holds a mirror up to your soul reading reflects what's going on on the inside of you. It can help you. It can be a kind of therapy. And it may also be why you're putting certain kinds of books down. So use your reading as, an, as a guide to your soul. Mainly, just read. Just read. Read fun stuff. Read interesting stuff. Read hilarious stuff. Have a good time with it. But develop a reading life uh, of at least a book a month where you are reading stuff that you want to read, that's fun, that's interesting, that's about car engines, if that's what you're into, or your favorite sport, or your favorite rock star, fine. But also read a few heavy-duty things that are things you need to read to advance and to expand your understanding of the world. Just read. And if you're a leader, remember, you got to read to lead. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.